Hello and welcome to New Business Paradigms. I'm Christy Jansen, Chief of Staff at the World Business Academy, and I'm here in a virtual room thanks to Zoom with Ronaldo Brutico, the Academy's president and founder. And Benjamin Schwartz is also on the line. He's producing the show today. The World Business Academy is a 501c3 nonprofit action incubator dedicated to elevating the consciousness of people in the business community and encouraging business leaders to use their power and influence to take greater responsibility for the community and the environment their work touches. We are recording this show on May 9th, 2020. Before we get going, I'd like to invite our listeners once again to reach out to us at infoworldbusiness.org if you have questions or comments about the show today, or if you have any questions or topics you would like for us to discuss on future programs. We always love hearing from you. Thanks so much for those who've written in. I'd also like to ask our listeners to support this podcast, however big or small. If you have the means and appreciate what we do, please make a tax-deductible donation contribution to the World Business Academy at worldbusiness.org slash donate. Another way to support the podcast and our work is to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening, and that will also help us out. As always, you can listen to us on the go using Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, just search World Business Academy. And Ronaldo, I think one of the things we've been talking about doing for our uh, paying subscribers is maybe adding some additional uh, special commentary that we would only release to those folks. And I don't know if you want to talk about that before we get going, well, or we can talk about it at the, no, at I think the end. It, it, in a nutshell, uh, we've been asked to do a bunch of stuff on real estate, for example. And I'm going to talk a little bit about shopping centers today. And uh, we talked last time about REITs, R-E-I-T, Real Estate Investment Trusts. And I've commented on multifamily dwellings, single-family dwellings, multi, uh, multi-purpose office buildings, and light industrial parks, etc. So there's a lot of different aspects to real estate. What I said yes, last week was, I've never in my adult life seen when every form of real estate investing is off the table. Every single one. It's highly unusual because typically when something goes bad in one or two sectors of real estate, you can move into the other. For example, when, you, when home ownership starts to drop, you can move into multifamily dwellings or apartment buildings. And that tends to be a way that over the years, real estate has moved back and forth between different sectors of the economy. Uh, I'd never seen in my life a situation where every real estate sector was not advisable to invest in at this time. And in fact, for most of them, you needed to really rethink your basic premises. So I'll talk about that a little bit later. But what we were thinking to do is putting a show together just on real estate. So it would be a half an hour or it could be an hour. depends on what people want. And I will put together a whole bunch of that knowledge just in one place on real estate. And I'd like to make that available to people as an extra offering. It may be $25 for that one program. And then you'll have it on your file. You can look, you can refer to it as often as you want. We'll only deal with that subject. And if you like that, I'll do some more on different topics where we'll actually give you a, a, a real in-depth, what we used to say in the old days of the academy, the white paper treatment. In other words, when we get into a subject where we do deep research and we're really convinced on our, on our, on our conclusions, we'll do what's called a white paper, which is an authoritative, highly footnoted uh, statement of the, the problem and what we believe to be the way to understand the problem. And uh, I'd like to do that with these shows, but you can't when, you have, when you're constricted to a half an hour. It's just too hard. And with that in mind... <laughs> And I think that's a great thing. And so that will be something for our, our yeah. you know, subscribers or for, you know, we've, you know, earning a little bit of revenue to keep, keep us all going and employed. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the thing that's interesting is, like, for example, we just touched, today's opening clearly has to be on the largest job number 
in the history of the United States ever recorded because they didn't record it in the first periods of the Great Depression. So they reported uh, yesterday that the job, the, the jobless rate was, um, a, a, you know, a, 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 I love the headline of the New York Times, unemployment is worse since depression at 14.7, except it wasn't, for, it's not 14.7 today. I did the math this morning. You know what it is today with, because this was, this was premised on the assumption of 20, 0.5 million jobs being unemployed. But we now... Well, yeah, it's a, it's a lagging indicator. That's from the second week of April. Yeah, and we now know that over 33 million people have filed in the last seven weeks. So when you take this number, the 20 million number, and you gross it up, we're already over 20% unemployment. That's a depression level. Right? That's, and, and by the way, expect a couple million more next week. This is not ending, folks. In fact, one of the tragedies of the Trump administration is everything that they're doing is going to keep making it worse. Make it worse for the pandemic because this the, the, you know, we'll talk about in a minute this premature opening. It's going to make it worse for the economy, unbelievably worse. So we have a crazy situation where we have a narcissistic sociopath at the helm, who literally has now killed fifty seventy nine thousand people as of today, and is perfectly willing to kill another seventy nine thousand people if it can just give a better shot at reelection. I mean, I just blatantly stated what the truth is. That's the truth. Now you can varnish it any way you want. That's what's going on. In my reason for bringing that up is the, the depression era levels of unemployment that we're seeing, which were not accompanied by the same amount of retail destruction, I want to point out. So the, 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 the business impact implications of this depression are much worse than the business implications of the Great Depression. But going to be much harder to climb out of in one way and in one way easier. But to get out, we're going to have to start using good judgment. And we have been, it's been a paucity of good judgment lately. So, yeah, you say it's going to be harder in one way. I mean, is it because every sector pretty much of the economy has no, been touched? No, it's not no, like no, the harder is because we've destroyed Main Street. So every sector of the economy hasn't been hurt. Uh, Amazon's booming. Walmart online, booming. Uh, Walmart, period, is doing well. Um, anybody with online presence, blowing through the roof. Uh, tech companies blowing through. We're using Zoom, a hot stock now. Uh, it's so hot that Google's coming after it with a competitive product. Microsoft just announced it's coming after it with a competitive product. Why? Because the idea of face-to-face communications using video is now the reality. That's the new reality, and that's not going to change. In fact, uh, what you're well, let's let, let me get ahead of myself. I want to talk about this unemployment number just one more second, and that is this. It is clear. When you're going into a Great Depression, that if the stock market reflected reality, it would be taking right now. And it is not. Why not? Let me tell you why. The belief that Wall Street peddles. Remember, Wall Street makes money when the market goes up. Wall Street makes money when the market comes down. It does not make money if people don't trade. So they have to find reasons to go up or to come down, but they can't stand still. Okay, that's the bias built in the market, which could be fixed instantly if we would put a one mil. You know what a mil is? Benjamin, do you know what a will is? Chris, do you know what a mill is? Okay. Um, I don't know what a will is. A mill Explain is that. One one hundredth of a cent. Okay. You could put a one mill tax on every stock transfer and you would instantly change the market because all of a sudden program training wouldn't make sense. See, when you could put together a million transactions in a second or two and micro changes in stock, that means the micro changes are what you're chasing and creating, not a way to balance the market forces with real forces, economic forces. So the market's totally disconnected now from the real economy. How do they get away with it? Well, they're peddling this garbage, which they're about to drop, by the way. Here's a cute cute one. They've been talking, well, it'll be a V-shaped recovery. Yeah, it's been a real sharp drop. It'll bounce back equally sharply as soon as the COVID's under control. 
Hot tip, COVID's not coming under control. COVID's going to get worse. And the places that they've already started opening, nobody's going out and bu- buying anything because we're well, all still afraid. I, you know, I got to take I think there will be some confusion, and I think people will start buying things. I, I'm expecting that for the next four weeks, you'll see increased economic activity at the local level. A lot of people are going to get haircuts, get their nails done. A lot of people are going to go to barbershops. A lot of people are going to go to stores. And what's going to happen is within four to six weeks from yesterday, you're going to see massive new increases. So right today, we've got 2,000 plus dead people a day in America, of which only 10% are in New York. It used to be that 90% were in New York, meaning that the, the virus is now spreading throughout the countryside, where it's now in rural areas. And remember, rural areas don't have good hospitals. They don't have medical mm-hmm. coverage. I mean, you're going to talk about bodies in the streets, literally. So the Great Depression was characterized by these bread lines, by people by, by showing pictures of men standing in line with a plate for bread. I saw a picture uh, last week of San Antonio with 10,000 cards in line for a food bank. In fact, food banks all over the country are being swamped with, with a demand they've never seen before. So why the disconnect in the stock market? Well, here's what they're saying. First, they justified it on, oh, it's going to be a V-shape, big, sharp down, big, sharp up. In the last 10 days, I've been hearing this latest new theory, which is the way they're going to justify it. Well, it might be a W. It might be an up, partially back, back down, and then straight up. That's hokum. What they're really telegraphing is, we know it isn't going to be a sharp V up. So we have to come up with a new theory that will justify our trading practices until we can change it into something else. Here's what I predict. It is going to be a bit of a W. It's already started the W of the stock market, not the W of the economy. And the W of the stock market is going to hit that middle leg and it's going to go down and it's not coming back. That is to say, it will be line down, line halfway up, line down, and proceeding below the below the graph. Okay. So what, what letter is that? That's not a W. It's not a W. It's clearly not a W. It, it, that is a letter for, it's the modern symbol for mistake. Anyway, my point it's is... It's like a Z, a sideways Z or something. But my know. point is... Um, that justification is what you want to watch for because the market does not reflect economic reality. And what they're trying to do is to get you to be the sucker to come in and pay for all their errant ways. And we're going to talk about that, I guess, um, in, a, in a minute. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to do it now. I, I happen to reread because the nature of what's happening right now what was so familiar to me. I remembered writing a column in 2008 on uh, saving the U.S. economy with trickle-up economics. And uh, Dave in Florida, thank you for bringing to our attention the article that you saw. Thank you very much. We read it. We thought it was interesting. And yes, Dave, I intend to comment on Florida specifically. But before I do, when I read this article on trickle-up economics, I was stunned. I was stunned at how, if, if I changed the date and made it 2020, you wouldn't know I didn't write it this morning. And what did it say? It said, the good news is that once we develop a dramatically different approach to the economy, what we are calling triple up economics, we will create a level of wealth in the United States and ultimately abroad that will be at least 10 times greater than the level of economic wealth created since World War II under the old economic system. That was true in 2008. It's true today. That's how you're going to pay for all this profligate spending that's been going on. You're going to create an economy 10 times bigger than you created after World War II. And you're going to do it with trickle-up economics. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to the insane fiction of trickle-down yeah. And in this article, which I'm, anybody wants, we'll send you a copy. Uh, just send in a note. We'll, well, we, we'll put a link into the yeah. show notes. So, of this, and I list a show. bunch of things that you need to do. If you're going to really revolutionize the economy after this, remember, this is all pre-Bernie, right? 
One, create the modern-day equivalent of the Depression-era homeowners loan corporation. Two, for at least a year, freeze interest rates at today's levels on adjustable rate mortgages. Um, uh, three, give bankruptcy courts the authority to modify the mortgage payments on an individual's primary residence, similar to the court's authority to modify commercial mortgages. Four, immediately get control of the unregulated market for credit default swaps and prohibit the issuance of any new swaps, at least until a new law or SEC rule defines them as a security within the rules. Uh, increase margin requirements for all stock purchases by 5%. Reevaluate short-selling rules through congressional hearings. Launch an immediate project in the $50 to $100 billion range for the next five years to rebuild and expand American infrastructure. Restore a Glass-Steagall-like wall between commercial banking and investment banking. As fast as possible, zero out the $10 billion per month we spent on the Iraq War. Enact the universal health care system. Okay, I'm reading, and I could go on, I'm reading from 2008. And what, what triggered this was the TARP bill. The TARP bill was $800 billion. And I said, it's a, and, and, and to quote myself, all they did arguably was buy us time, band-aid in the bleeding, so that they, we can rapidly address what is really wrong. Wrapping new layers of debt at the federal level is additional leverage on the existing levels of private and public debt will only cause the economy greater permanent damage if we don't use the time we brought to change the fundamentals which created the meltdown in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen, this thing stands from 2008 as the most accurate thing I could say today with very minor modifications in the world of 2020. Now, if we could see that coming in 2008 and we didn't learn from it, shame on us. Yeah, so the Band-Aid has been ripped off, and now the gaping wound of the economy is, is just out yeah, there. Yeah, and, and, and so what David pointed out in Florida is that Florida has literally one of the worst unemployment insurance schemes of any state in the nation. And when you got a state like that with Disney firing 40,000 people alone, you know, in, in Orlando, 40,000, I think. Uh, when, you, when you look at all that, you say, and they also have a governor who's pretty light in loafers, who has prematurely opened up, which is going to be a mess. Death-wise, and they haven't flattened the curve. By the way, there's more people dying today in Florida than there was a month ago, and there'll be even more in a month from today. So, you look at that, you say, "What can we do to reinterpret how to change this from happening to us again? And how do we clean up this mess when it's over? How do we bring it to an end? How do we clean up the mess when it's over?" And the answer is fundamental change. Um, if you prematurely unlock, which they've done, they're botching the reopening. Uh, look at what happened in Orange County, California, where I, I, shortly after the, they prematurely opened the beaches, a 22% increase in new cases. Okay, uh, Texas had its worst day ever yesterday, which was worse than the day before, which was the worst day ever before that. And Texas just reopened. They're going to go through the roof. Georgia's going to go through the roof. Florida. So what do we need to do? Well, as part of my trickle-up concept, I always believed, like Andrew Yang, in a certain monthly stipend. So I was pleased that Senators, uh, well, obviously Bernie Sanders, Markey from uh, Massachusetts, and uh, Kamala Harris from California have proposed issuing a $2,000 a month check per person until this thing is over, a guaranteed monthly income. Absolutely the right idea. No question that's the way to get out of this mess. And far cheaper than spending hundreds of billions of dollars trying to prop up companies that will never come back intact. If you think that the $6 billion they gave United Airlines is going to cause United to come back in the air the way they were a year ago, you're wrong. If you think whatever they want to do for, for the Hilton Hotel chain or the Hyatt chain or the uh, Starwood chain or the Marriott chain, forget it. Those rooms are not going to be filled a year or two from today. Those are mortgages that are going to go into default in some cases. 
Unless the uh, the states or the cities start paying them to house the homeless. Exactly right. But that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So you, you, you want to repurpose real estate. Okay. So you want to repurpose an empty hotel room so it could house the homeless. You want to repurpose empty. And by the way, and if you do that with the lower priced hotels, it's also a benefit of the higher priced ones because it takes other rooms off the market. And this at a time when Airbnb is not the favorite thing to do because nobody wants to be infected by a stranger. So you've got to reinvent. You can't just like tinker around the edges at this point. Now, I think that um, before passing this this, uh, point in the conversation, I want to also comment on over the last several months, we've been talking about the pandemic as a warm-up for climate change. That the bigger problem by far is climate change. And unquestionably, that's true, by the way, because there is no vaccine ever for climate change. And for those people who thought that the world was getting safer because uh, we weren't emitting CO2 because the economy's locked down, hot tip, we hit a new high yesterday, 416 parts per million. In fact, it's up higher in the and on May 9th than it was on the end of April, just to let you know. Now, we'll, it's slowing down the rate of increase, yeah. but it's there. So we have not solved climate change. And just today, NBC reports that the leading oceanographers are predicting one of the worst hurricane seasons on record. Why? because surface ocean temperatures are much higher. And the way a storm gets its power, a hurricane, is from the difference between the temperature of the air and the temperature of the water. And, the, and, and what happens is when the temperature of the water goes up, you shift that differential, and all of a sudden you feed, basically like feeding kerosene to a fire. And, and when you think about how our communities have been so se- severely impacted by this COVID-19, we're out, we don't have a lot of funding available at the local levels. Uh, and people, if they do have a bad hurricane season, they have to evacuate. Where are they going to go in this, in this environment? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, and by the way, that just happened with the, the what, 100? There was like 100 different tornadoes touched down. Yeah, it was a huge tornado season huge this year, Huge tornado too. season. And in months when you don't normally get tornadoes, 39 mm-hmm. people were killed, what, just a little over a week ago in Georgia, I believe? Yeah. yeah so it's, it's like... People don't understand climate change isn't going to take a break because we're sick with COVID. No. <laughs> no. So, so what's happening is all of the things we've done as a collective society that have really harmed the planet, the biosphere, are coming back to haunt us at the same time as our own stupidity, and I'm referring now to the Wuhan wet markets, have created new pandemics. And you're going to see, well, I hate to say this, but we probably already are sustaining, in addition to the COVID virus deaths, which are uh, in the six digits now, and will go well over a million, I'm sure, globally, if not higher, you're going to see way higher numbers on famine, in part because of climate change, in part because of, because of the breakdown of the food chain in COVID-19, uh, particularly in Africa. So you're talking about, as we sit today, if we started to do everything right tomorrow, and we won't clearly, millions will die. And the longer we wait to start fixing this thing and quit tinkering at the margins, but really get past the stupid politics of the moment to what's really broken and fix it, you're talking tens of millions in the not-too-distant future of death. And after that, you're talking the hundreds of millions. And after that, you're talking even more. So it's a very bad piece of news. Now, the good piece of news is if we could see what to do in 2008 and we didn't do it, we get a second chance to do it. In fact, what I'd say is we're going to keep getting a chance to do it till we get it right or there is no system left. That's what's really coming up. <laughs> a little fashion karma cleansing going on here. Kali Yuga is with us. Okay, so let me talk very briefly on two things. Number one, I want to talk about, I mentioned that the stock market 
has no relationship to the reality of the economy. And so it goes without saying that even though the Dow Jones is down only 5%, 5.8% over a year ago, get out and stay out. It's going way lower. Uh, even though gold is only up 32% in the same period of time, it's okay to buy gold. And the argument against it is, and some very smart people are making this argument, that the U.S. dollar will continue to rise. And since gold is priced in dollars, as the dollar rises, it puts downward pressure on gold. That's true. One of the, one of the presumptions there is that the dollar will rise. I don't think that's correct. It has gotten stronger in the short term already. So what the price of gold is right now reflects as strong a position as you could possibly believe the dollar is capable of. Because that price reflects the pre $3 trillion printing of money. I believe the price of gold sitting at uh, today, it's at 1700 and something. I think um, it's inconceivable to me with what Trump is currently doing, it won't get to 2000 And what I think you're going to find is that the U.S. dollar is not going to be that strong, certainly a year from today, and probably sooner than that, given how incompetently this economy is being managed and how incompetently and botched uh, the reopening is. So I just wanted to share that with you because now I want to go into real estate. I promised I'd talk last time about shopping centers. And the short version of the story is, as you know, the Simon Properties have now said they're going to open up, I believe it's uh, something like 60, 70 malls in various states where they're allowed to open up. Here's the problem with that theory. Enclosed malls, which is what the Simon Group is primarily known for, are one of the last places you're going to want to go if you think that COVID is still around. Now, are you likely to think that in those states where they've botched the reopening? Yeah, because you're going to start seeing death statistics. So I believe you could see a short burst in activity on Main Street and shopping malls, yeah, maybe last four weeks at most. But as the death toll starts mounting, because remember when you open up in a week or two, you gotta, you've got you got somebody with a new case, you know, they get infected. And a week or two after that, they're in serious trouble, and then they get a mono intubator, and a couple weeks after, one, four times out of five, they're dead. So that death takes anywhere from three to six weeks to happen after you do something profoundly stupid. So the opening up will produce deaths in three to five weeks on an accelerated basis in states that haven't already slowed their death toll down. Now, try to convince me to go into a shop, and particularly when people are not wearing masks. And I, and I want to make this comment really quickly. There's really good research coming out of the Orient that if 80%, 80% of the people in a given state would wear a mask at all times in public, you probably would be able to corner this thing. And that's not a very big price to ask to get our society back. No. But they're not doing because that in Texas. Yeah. And it's not just the, yourself that you're protecting. You're protecting the guy next to you. You're pro if I go to the store wearing a mask, I'm protecting you, who's in your 70s, from contracting this disease. Yeah. I, I got a, an email this morning, very early in the morning, from a very famous guy. I won't mention his name because he's quite famous, who, had, um, who has some preconditions and who's not quite my age, but he's in his late 60s. And he went to a store in Colorado, which a lot of people think is a kind of a liberal progressive state. And a lot of people are not wearing masks there. So he walks in the store, and this one particular Yahoo gets very angry that he, my friend, is wearing a mask and starts attacking him for wearing a mask because he's buying into the belief that this thing is bad when it really isn't, and he's, you know, he's, just, he's just trying to hurt the president or some folly like this. And it got so aggressive, my friend argued back a little bit, and, then he, and, and, and another guy joined in who also had a mask. So the two of them with masks are trying to talk to this Yahoo who has no mask 
about why they're doing the responsible thing by wearing the mask, and he's carrying on like they're committing some kind of treason by wearing masks. That's how distorted it is. And I want to show you one other point that ties to this. It was not hidden when Trump said, liberate Wisconsin, liberate whatever the states were he picked on that day. And he used the words Second Amendment, which is code in the militia groups for bring your weapons, bring your high-powered weaponry, which, which is they what did they did. in the state house in Michigan. In and Michigan, right? In Michigan, they were, yeah, they were okay. all armed. So, so what, he's, what he's telegraphing, what Trump is telegraphing to his armed militias, of which there are over 500 in the country, 565. Actually, I think I heard over 600 in the most recent report. He's telegraphing, get ready. Get ready for violent confrontation to save our country from those people. So when people start dying like flies, including their people, what are they going to do? Are they going to come to their senses? Not if they belong to a cult. Most likely they're going to come to their weapons. And we are looking at a, a tinderbox of potential problems. Well, I mean, there was the case, I think, last week where a security guard was shot after he was telling killed. a shopper. Shot and he was killed. killed. Shot and killed because he was insisting somebody wear a mask. To be shot and killed over public safety? Yeah. And by the way, and just to show you the- In the, a shopping? It wasn't even, you know- And, the, and it, the insane hypocrisy of this is now the man who serves food to the president, to Trump, has coronavirus dictated. Wearing a mask. Um, the- Secretary to uh, Pence, who is also the wife of Stephen Miller, she has COVID now, diagnosed. Uh, I think it's something like 19 Secret Service agents in the White House detail have got COVID. Yeah. So when you put all those people around the president with COVID, it means that no place can pretend to be aloof from right. this. And, and, and guess what? Uh, I'm sure the president and his people are going to require now. They are. Those people serving the president have to wear masks. Everybody around the president has to wear masks now. Everybody, of course, no exception, not just yeah. serving. So, yeah. so th what he's doing is he's enforcing a rule for his own benefit because he's created this monster, this pandemic, which he's completely botched in his response to and is botching to this day. I'd like to be able to say past tense botched, but is no. botching to this day. It's just anyway, a mess. Yeah. Anyway, I know we're running short of time, so Don't I just want to, say about rulers, I want to say about the shopping center business. Shopping centers must repurpose themselves to survive. Any, any shopping center that tries to open up and be a shopping center again, with all due respect to Mr. Simon, I would be delighted to talk to him privately. I'll waive my normal fee if you'd like to hear my analysis of it. I own shopping centers. So it's not like I'm talking at, like, uh, I'm not interested. I'm very interested. And what I've been saying for at least five years now is we have to repurpose shopping centers. They're places with usually good physical dirt locations. And what we have to do is reconceptualize what that dirt can best be used for and start converting them over. We have way too many square feet of retail shopping. Shopping centers are not the place people are going to want to go. People are not going to go back in droves. And in fact, I'm going to guess that half the retail shops in America aren't going to reopen. Or if they do, they'll be closed within two years. So that level of fall off in retail demand for shopping centers alone condemns retail shopping centers if you don't repurpose them. And I have several very specific things I've done to repurpose mine, and I'm continuing to do so. And I hope my partners will let me move faster, because frankly, faster would be smarter right now. Uh, although I run into the same conventional logic that everybody else does, so I'm always like pulling teeth with my partners to get them to move quicker. But at the end of the day, do not invest in shopping centers. And in fact, even if you wear a mask, I wouldn't go there for two reasons. Too many density of too much density of population. And we now know that an aerosolized uh, mist of COVID can hang in the air for a long, long time and can go at least 10 to 12 feet, not six. So it isn't worth the risk 
to go there. And so what my friend did to end the story about Colorado, what he did is he said to the um, shopkeeper, he says, are you requiring people to wear masks in this store? He goes, no, we don't. And the, my friend said, fine, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back till you do. And he left, didn't, didn't spend a penny. That's what's going to happen. People are going to get scared and say, geez, is it worth dying to go buy this new widget? One more point and I'm done. The administration, which has no economist of any consequence who advise it, unfortunately, does not realize that the reason there cannot be a V-shaped recovery and why there will not be a W-shaped recovery of the economy is because the spending power has been flattened. It's been destroyed by the middle class and below. And that's not going to come back tomorrow morning because even if they gave us $2,000 each a month, we wouldn't be willing to spend it right away. We yeah. put it towards savings. We put it towards student loans. We put it towards something to reduce our exposure and to what's called deleverage. Because as individuals, we got over leveraged. As corporations, we got over leveraged. The, 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 the bail bailout bills themselves right now are like a way to breathe new life into walking zombies. There's a lot of corporations that were on their last legs when this happened. Do people really think that COVID kit is why no Neiman Marcus went bankrupt? No way. Is that why Nordstrom is closing so many stores? No way. Is that why there's so much problem at the Gap? No way. That was all there before, and COVID's masking how bad that structural flaw is, and you can pump all the money you wanted to. It doesn't change the fundamental. Yeah. fundamental. It's still it's a leaky a leaky boat that you just keep putting money into. It's still yeah. going to sink. And now since I've, uh, I know we got to wrap, I want to end up with this thought. I mentioned the big game is climate change, and that when, the, when you put the pressure cooker of climate change on COVID-19, you will get even more disturbing results. Sorry to tell you folks, but that's what's coming. I was asked by a, a good friend, and Star, you know who you are, uh, to go see a movie by Michael Moore, Planet Human. And Christy saw it also. And I said, you know, we should both look at it. We did. I am. De it was deplorable. So for those of you who think I am some kind of knee-jerk liberal, that's not true. Michael Moore, I think, destroyed his professional reputation by putting that film out. It is so full of misinformation. It it's, is inaccurate. It's, it's dangerous. It's, it's dumb. Terrible, it's, but it's terribly researched. It's just, it's just like he didn't talk to anybody who knows anything about renewable energy, and he tried to make a fool of Bill McKibben, which is not smart because Bill McKibben's no fool. And, and, and I got to tell you, the, the idea of putting out something like that, which, I mean, you couldn't have written a better script if you were Shell Oil, frankly. But at the end of the day, I don't know that Michael Moore realized how dumb it was that he was saying because he didn't do the research himself. He let the principal author do it, and that guy had a uh, an axe to grind. Don't know why, but clearly he was willing to. He compared apples and oranges intentionally. He distorted the truth. He did unbelievably shallow research, and he didn't even report the facts accurately. And so you you, you have this terrible disservice to Michael Moore's reputation. Now, Michael was the executive producer of that movie. And his name is behind it and is being, it's being lambasted by all the environmental groups as well it should be. And if anybody would like to hear in great detail, I mean, I will take that film apart scene by scene for you and tell you exactly where the errors are. And what stuns me is that nobody got, like me was asked to comment before they went to film. Nobody asked people like me, what is the story about um, uh, renewable energy? How, how is it that it's more economic uh, and, and, and less uh, greenhouse gas intensive than coal? He makes the case that coal's the same as wind. I mean, it's, 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 a, I mean, it's, it's a so reductum ad absurdum argument that it would be laughable had it not had Michael Moore's name on it. It would never have seen the light of day, and it Absolutely. shouldn't have. 
Yeah, and it shouldn't have. You were talking about it's comparing apples to oranges, and the way I see it, it's like this chopped up crazy fruit salad. Yeah, and I'm going to say one other thing that's going to help everybody feel better about my credentials, that I'm not a knee-jerk liberal. Um, I'm very disappointed in President Obama. People know that. Um, I was extremely in favor of President Obama when he ran the first time. I ran the very first fundraiser for him, the first time he ran in my in my congressional district. Uh, and he did some decent things as president. He did two things, in my mind, that are unforgivable and will mark him as one of the worst presidents in the history of the United States. Number one, he knew in July of 2016 that Trump was trying to rig the election with the Russians. He knew in July that Flynn was a national traitor working with the Russians. And he never told anyone because he wanted to stay above the fray. And that's the first thing. I want to share a, a, a newsletter that I read this morning from Heather Cox Richardson, where she talks about the entire uh, the timeline of the Russian interference and the Flynn, um, the whole Flynn situation with them, him now being exonerated by Barr. Yeah. It's a great sort of rundown of the dates in relation to the Russia investigation, Michael Flynn, when he was talking to the Russian. It sort of puts it all together in one single timeline. Yeah. So when, when history looks back, how did a guy like Trump, a con man, how did a con man like that get in office? It turns out our national leadership didn't tell us the truth about that con man until after the election was over because Obama wanted to stay above the fray. Well, he's been doing the same thing until by accident today when he was taped saying some mildly appropriate comments about Trump and how the rule of law was now in great jeopardy because of what Barr did in the Flynn case. Folks, that's too little too late. So that's the second thing I'm holding Obama responsible for. It is time for him to get his uniform back on and come to the aid of his nation. We are imperiled. We are fighting for our survival. We may not be the, the Democratic Republic of the United States of America post-November 2020. The odds of that are at least 50-50. If you're, if you're a patriot, time to come suit up. Help us. We must turn this tide around before there are 200,000 dead before the economy is in such a shambles, until the dollar has collapsed and it doesn't look like a world we even recognize anymore. I leave you with those thoughts because I think Obama means well, but it's time for him to get serious. He owes us that with what he did by giving us Trump. <laughs> 